And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here to have another conversation that I'm hoping helps your business grow. Speaking of growing, let's talk about growing your will set, your mindset, and your skill set. What does that even mean? We're going to talk all about it today. Before I introduce who I'm having today's conversation with today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. That's my business if you're not aware and you can learn more about it at fullscale.io. With me today, I have Aaron Velke, and Aaron is the co-founder and CEO of Money Club. He's also an author, amongst other things, straight out of Tempe, Arizona. Aaron, welcome to Startup Hustle. Dude, so glad to be here. Thanks, man. Yeah, I'm interested to talk about this stuff. I like these conversations. They're always inspiring. And, you know, speaking of inspiration, if you want to learn more about what Aaron is doing to inspire people in life and in business, you can go to AaronVelke.com. That's A-A-R-O-N-V-E-L-K-Y.com. There's a link for that in the show notes, too. So much easier to just scroll down and click that. Now, uh, Eric, you know, I, I think the best place for us to start our conversation today is uh, why don't you give us a little bit of your backstory? Happy to do it, Matt. The, it's always interesting giving a backstory because every time it changes in its own weird way. Uh, my journey into entrepreneurship started by coaching youth soccer. That's the, the topic and focus of the book that I publish as well. Soccer was my first love, my, my biggest passion. And it was the first time I got paid to do something I loved. So for anybody listening, that moment for me, and it either is ahead of you or behind you if you're an entrepreneur, is such a turning point. That led to some marketing. I did some consulting. I did. I, I wore all these hats. I was trying to figure it out for a long time. And over the course of about five years, coaching young adults to play soccer really was coaching them in life. It was coaching them on principles the things that we're going to talk about today, mindset, skill set, will set. And that led to being in a neighborhood that needed to learn about money. So I, with a partner, created a nonprofit to teach kids about money. And once you start this journey, it is an unfolding, like a, like a flower in bloom. You can't really stop it. So that company ended up folding as a nonprofit, reopening as a venture-backed business, raising capital, building technology platforms, creating education, all of these things. And now through the pandemic, pivoted into employee wellness. We go into companies and teach their employees about money as a, as a benefit. And my cap rested from the soccer perspective and picked back up coaching entrepreneurs and coaching leaders. And that has led to team building and speaking and, and all this. So I say all that because I've worn a lot of hats. I still wear a lot of hats. I never know which hat I'm wearing and which conversation. And this whole entrepreneurship startup journey has really been about me evolving as a person 
and that I think is a theme of this conversation today. When we talk about mindset, skill set, will set, it really is about the individual that's leading the movement and the mission. And uh, I think those are three primary uh, reflections that most entrepreneurs need to take the time to do. So a few things here that I, I'm, I'm reading my notes and I see that you went from a background in financial economics to I'm not going to I don't know if I'll call this full on like psychology, but mindset is psychology in some regards. I, I, I know that we, I think you're supposed to be licensed to call yourself a psychologist. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, you know, another thing, too, I was actually uh, things I don't say often. I was talking about soccer yesterday. And now no that the, well, now that the dollar is more worth more than the euro, I think we get to call it soccer everywhere. I think, I think you're right. We, yeah, it's not no football, football is over. Yeah. Yeah. So if that, I, I know this isn't set to come out till November, so maybe that changes before then. But as long as the dollar is more than the euro, it's soccer, not football. So for our European listeners, I'm interested to hear your comments on that. So where's my guy from Germany that messages and listens on the train? Do you still do that? And is it football or soccer? But anyway, so, uh, you know, I mean, you talk about will set, mindset and skill set. There's a lot to unpack there, um, you know. Uh, where should we start? What's a will set? Well, most, so I think mindset, skill set are really obvious. We understand what those no. are. We talk about them a lot. Will set in a lot of ways has to do with your willingness, what you're willing to sacrifice, what you're willing to give. It could be what you're willing to do as far as discomfort or maybe challenge or facing your truth in, in a lot of growth and a lot of personal development, there's a need to get very uncomfortable in order to grow. And when you start to hit your limitations, your will set becomes a really important piece of that. The, the experiences that I've had, I've been a gritty, very resilient entrepreneur, and that's always served me well until I get to a place where the next level requires a totally different set of skills and mindset. And often there's a resistance to be in the change and it takes a lot of willingness. And the difference I've seen from a lot of my peers is that they're just not willing to give it up. They don't, they don't want to give up the nights out. They don't want to give up the parties, the travel. They don't want to give those things up in the short run to get the long run. And so willingness is a big component in my opinion of whether someone really will get what they want out of life or if they're, they'll settle for what they are currently capable of. So, you know, one of the, one of the oldest sayings where there's a will, there's a way. Now, when I was in school and I wasn't a great student, there was where there was a will, there's an A. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think that, you know, you talk about the will set and I, you know, I wrote a book called Balance Me, it's The Realist Guide to a Successful Life. And I talk the very first, like literally on the first page, I talk about change and that getting what you want out of life invariably requires change and that change is kind of an ever flowing thing. It's like, you know, you can make a change, but you have to be prepared to maintain it, review it. And I actually yep. compare like some of, some of the things in life. Uh, it's, it, you know, people are good at, at making change short term and then often fall back into old habits. And I've had conversations recently with, with a, a mindset coach, like uh, more of a mindfulness coach and she's been helping me understand that, you know, like remind myself that so much of this is just our own internal programming. Yep. And you talk about like 
So when you're talking about people not wanting to give things up or whatever, I, I think if that, if you're having to give up certain things, you, it's possible you might not have chosen the right entrepreneur journey. Cause for me personally, I found a way to wrap those kind of things into being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And, you know, with that there's, and and you know, honestly, man, like I, I think a lot of people because of the show and, I'm a highly driven person and they often confuse that with being extroverted. Like technically I'm extroverted, but I'm not a social butterfly. So, you know, I kind of like force myself to go do some of these things because realistically I'd rather just be left alone to work on whatever I'm obsessed with. Now, I think if you're trying to get to that next level, like, dude, there's always a next level. There is no top level. Like, and, and I want to like get that out there because a lot of people, uh, when I talk to them or they'll say, Oh dude, you've done all this great stuff. And, and you know, wow. I'm like, man, I'm just getting started. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you that I, I think a lot of people, I, there's a lot of people out there talking about all the shit that they want, that they're going to do, that they need to do, that they have to do. And then they don't want to do it. Like yeah. it takes work. It takes work. And I think that, um, you know, like, I, I don't know, man, I even get some people's like, oh man, you're so lucky that your business has done so well. I'm like, I didn't feel lucky during the 90 hour week. <laughs> right. you know, so I mean, I do think you have to kind of figure that out. Now, I think anything worth doing is going to require quite a bit of work too. So, yeah, and the, the the biggest challenges I've come up against have often been really small shifts in my pattern. And my, you know, our patterns make you feel safe. All of our patterns make us feel safe. So, what I've had to give up, you know, in a really positive way, was some of my mental talk, some of my self-talk where I was the enemy and I was the nemesis. I've had to give up doing it all myself. I've had to give up my fear of delegation and hiring the wrong person. I've had to give up maybe uh, like I'm, I'm on West Coast time that often runs on East Coast operations. So I might have to give up my early mornings, my routines, my my things that make me feel safe in a transition period. And when I, there have been these moments in my life where the the question at the end of the day, or or maybe the beginning of the day, depending on where I'm at is, dude, are you willing to get really uncomfortable today? And if I'm stepping on a stage and and I'm not willing to be uncomfortable or not willing to be vulnerable, there's no amount of skill or mindset that will go behind that. You've got to have this willingness to, to start and then the other two components come in. I love how you talked about, you know, mindfulness and mindset coach. Like that's really important. And how many people early on in their profession, it certainly would have been me, would say, dude, that's super woo woo. Why would you why would you invest in a coach for your mindset? And yet your perspective and your programming is in your your entire future mapped out. I can almost literally point to where is a person gonna be based on their mindset. And that's that's a relatively new discovery. And I'm not a psychologist, but it, it has shown up in our work with money and the work I do with a lot of entrepreneurs one-on-one. It's, it's an easy program to fix if you're willing to confront the programming. Well, I, I, you know, I've, I've shared that. The, the, so I've actually been experimenting with different kinds of coaching and some of it is even non-traditional. Like I have a friend who's like a legitimate rock star and I paid him to talk to me 
like he actually didn't even want my money. I'm like, no, I need you to take it because this is a business transaction. And I actually was exploring, like, I'm, I'm curious, uh, I'm trying to figure out what allows certain people to turn on genius, right? Because I think a lot of us are, are waiting, or, you know, we can, I've learned to recognize inspired moments and times when you can kind of step into that. Um, yeah. and you know, exploring it. And then I, you know, I shared with someone the other day about the, the mindset I gave like a little fireside chat last week and I was talking to someone and, I, and they were asking about mentoring or whatever. And I said, well, I actually hired a mindset coach recently. And they were like, well, dude, you're not, you're, I thought you're the coach. That's <laughs> not, you should never look at, I said, you should never look at it that way. You should not like even the, 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 I, I mentioned like, okay, so do you know that a lot of rock stars still take lessons from other people? Cause it's Love a different that. perspective and it's a different form of learning. And that's why they're fucking rock stars, man. Yep. And, and you know, some of it, but yeah, I think that uh, I hear you. A lot of people would say that they're like, well, why would I do this? Why would I do that? I mean, it, you know, if you look at, it's the same thing as when you like hire an attorney and a lot of people are like, dude, I'm not paying $600 for an hour you're not paying for that hour. You're paying for like 50 years of experience that led up to that hour Yep. and, and what they're paying and what they're telling you in that. And I think some of this with the, uh, you know, I used to be a sales trainer as well. That's a long time ago, but you know, the, the people that, that were our, the top salespeople would always show up and want to see the basic training again. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, it's easy to be like, dude, you've been doing this for 10 years. Why are you here? Well, I need to run. I, every time I sit through something like this, I get reminded of some of the little things yep. that I, I've gotten away from doing. And you talk about that habitual, that habitual thing. So, and, and the, I think that you, you mentioned the repetition and the comfort zone. And if you're not ready to be uncomfortable, then you're probably not ready to change. Um, it's the same thing. It's like friction. You need friction to start a fire. And, yep. um, you know, I mean, there, you know, you could go down 10 million cliche sayings and, you know, now, so will set and mindset. Now I think you gotta, you gotta be willing to pay the price, which Indeed. is sometimes like, here's the thing, man. I, I feel like at this point in my life, I've just become used to the discomfort. I mean, in some ways, I, I mean, I, I can process it, crush it, crunch it, do whatever with it. And, you know, and that's not, and it doesn't bother me. In fact, it's kind of a motivator because I think the, the sooner you go and get it done, the less you got to deal with the bullshit, you yep. know, and it's kind of like, a, um, um, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs I know are highly driven, which comes with a healthy dose of, of not sleeping. Just meaning like we're just constantly in motion, which means it's hard to slow it down. And, you know, like I've trained, you ever like stay awake at night and you're just staring at the ceiling and nights. Well, so here's the thing. It's because something's bugging you. The best way, if you want to go to sleep, you need to just get up and go, go deal with it. Do deal with whatever, whatever's calling (laughs) you go deal with that. And then you're done. And, you know, but that's discomfort. And I think that one of the things that I want to bring up and, and, and key is that, you mentioned some people don't want to give up the nights or the weekends or whatever. Dude, entrepreneurship does not occur from nine to five Monday through Friday. I would agree. With I that. just tell you right now, that is not the way it works and it's never going to be the way it works. And you can get a lot done during that time, but I think the world of business and life is going to challenge you. And it's almost Darwinistic. Like 
you can just count you can count on the fact that the day you walk out the door to go on vacation is probably when something's going to implode at your business i remember those days you know i I feel like the the difference for me when I, i remember my transition like it was yesterday from employee to employer and the the biggest lesson I learned really early was that I now had a degree of responsibility that was tenfold what I had before. And in other opportunities with me as an employee, I I could say, no, I could say, I'll deal with this tomorrow. I could say, Hey, you know, I, I got to send this to so-and-so. And when it falls on you, you have a tremendously different perspective, a different mindset around it. And if you're unwilling to confront a difficult customer or a problem in your business or do the work on a weekend or do the work on vacation, it's only going to be a matter of time before the ship sinks. And, you know, my, my confrontation with myself through a lot of these moments was, was often, man, I I really don't want to do this, but what I want more than this moment is a life where I get to travel a life of purpose and intention and fulfillment, a life where I can say yes to some of these events, travel excursions that, you know, now I I have to pick and choose which ones I take. I want a life of yes, not a life of maybe or no. And in order to do that, this moment is critical. I've got to make sure this customer, this client is happy. I've got to make sure they're getting what they want. And it's 7.30 PM on a Tuesday. It's time for me to step up to the plate. And there's a you know, there's a degree of growth that happens when you start to accept more and more responsibility. The bigger the problem you could solve, the more you get paid. And I, I feel like the biggest bullshit we hear in entrepreneurship is that you have to, you have to delegate and you have to, you know, set up a team and, and those are accurate. However, you can't skip the step of understanding how to do it yourself or being willing to do it yourself. And there's a lot of stuff that I get to pay for now as a, as a luxury compared to where I was but I'm not unwilling to do it. If it doesn't happen by someone else, I'm capable of doing it myself. And I understand it enough to know when to hire, when to do it on my own. I I get that, but I am never unwilling to step up to the plate and handle it if it's under my responsibility. And that's, that's something people are unwilling to accept in a lot of places. They're like, dude, I want, I want to earn 200 grand a year, 300 grand a year, but I'm, I'm, I don't want to be responsible for as much. I don't want to have to tend to employees and pay for their wages. I don't want to have to worry about something at 11 PM. I I just don't want that. And they will eventually learn that that is the limiting structure of their lives. Yeah. And I think you're right with that. And there's, you talk about the value that you provide in the world and okay, let's, let's talk about one of the richest people in the world, Elon Musk. Right. And I'm not like a fanboy of Elon. Right. I did just get a new Tesla and I fucking love it. Hey, you look at like, so a lot of people, they're like, dude, this guy's too freaking rich. Okay. But there's a lot of people that says that the money that you've made or the wealth that you've created is usually, is usually parallel to the problem you're solving. You get someone that's literally like solving climate change, electric cars, (laughs) which by the way, my Tesla drove me to work yesterday. Thank you. Amazing. And and we're putting people on Mars, creating wireless internet around the globe. I mean, okay, so like what problem are you solving people? Like, I mean, that's the thing. So like now that's not, that dude didn't just inherit. It's not like, so if you look at like the richest people in the world, like five of them are like the children of Sam Walton. You know, like, okay, they didn't solve a problem. 
All right. No problem. Take them off the list. All right. You're good. Like, congratulations on being born. But, you know, so that that's the thing, though. And, and uh, you know, you talk about the inherent problem and also the comfort zone. Now, you mentioned being on East or West Coast. Okay. My employees are in the Philippines. That's 13 time zones away. Right now, it is uh, 1130 p.m. there and it's 1030 a.m. where I'm at. So literally, the other side of the world, the true opposite side of the world is where I drag my ass to to do business and and make some really profound changes, you know, for the people that work at our company, for the clients that use our company. And I guess it's probably, I might as well, while I'm saying this, mention that today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult and Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team, Fullscale.io. But no, you talk about the comfort level and I've been very transparent with sharing this. If you want to uh, see some of this kind of stuff. Uh, you can join the startup hustle chat on Facebook, but you know, the last trip that I was there, um, my wife who is, is, has the patience of a, of a saint, um, is, you know, and takes care of the kids when I'm gone, which is, uh, I recently learned when I, she, she had COVID that, um, I, how hard that job is. I was reminded of it, but I'm on the other side of the world. And my daughter who is seven and a half got braces and she sent me a picture of it and it destroyed me, dude. Mm. I found myself in a hotel room on the other side of the world crying for like two hours. And I shared that with the world. And like part of that, that sharing was cause uh, part of my mission is to, it, like with this podcast and all of it is to tell the real story of entrepreneurship. And it's not easy, man. It is, it is. Yeah. And for me, that was like, I don't know, like that, just like I said, it just literally like crushed me. I felt terrible that I wasn't there for that. I'm literally on the other side of the world. And that was in the morning. And so it's like 11 PM there. And I'm just like crying like a baby in a freaking hotel room in Cebu city in the Philippines. But I shared that because I think it's important that you talk about the the mindset, the will set, and and the skill set. So, I part of a skill set is the fact that, like, I mean, okay, the 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 ability to, I mean, dude, that is nine thousand miles away, and that's but that's where I need to be, and that's where I make impactful change, and that's where I've got two hundred and eighty employees now. And growing, this is where you need to be sometimes, you know, and, and with that, it comes a price. Now, you know, part of the upside of that and looking towards making the business bigger, better, stronger, more stable is I continue to stack up leaders and people that are, uh, you know, I, I'm developing the skill set personally that helps me replicate, duplicate, or authenticate. Yep. You know, a lot of the things that that are that need to occur at the business and it takes time. But I realize that you talk about the working towards something. For me, that prize is like not having to do it all myself anymore. But one thing I think is important with the entrepreneur mindset is you have to understand that if your expectation is you're going to bring in people to help you and they're going to be as good as you stop because they're not. OK, if they were you, they wouldn't work for you. <laughs> okay. And, and that's just the reality of it. And then also no one cares about your business more than you do. 
So I think probably one of the, the, the bigger mindset changes I made as an entrepreneur was my true realization of just accepting that your employees are not going to care about your business as much as you do. That doesn't mean they shouldn't care. But no one, but, but getting that out of my head, I found myself, this was, dude, this was like 14 years ago at this point. I'm like driving and I'm talking to myself in my car. Like that's like where I'm at at that point in life, right? Just like frustrated. I'm having a freaking conversation with myself about my frustration. Why doesn't everybody care as much as I do? And then I just like, whatever happened, it was like a lightning bolt or something. And it's boom. I was like, well, why would they? It's not like they show up, they show up, they're providing services for pay. That's the exchange that you have there. You have the upside. You also have the risk, but that's the reality of it. And if you want them to care as much as you do, then make them owners too. And, and pay them. You know, I, I, the biggest fallacy we live by is that everyone thinks like us. And, and this goes way beyond just entrepreneurship, right? This is when we wake up in the morning and we talk to our partner, when we talk to our parents, we're like, why would someone think differently than I do? But we have our own perspective, our own experiences. And dude, I ran into that same problem. I'm like, why is my team not working like me? Well, they don't own like me. They don't get paid like me. They don't have the, the role that I have. And in some ways, you know, if, if you if you if you're listening and you can tell me what you want out of life, like you're clear with what you want. You have precision and clarity in what you want. We can backtrack and say, what skills do you need? What mindset do you need? What willingness do you need? What will set do you need? We can backtrack all of those things and reverse engineer who you've got to become to have the life that you want. And sometimes those skills are really far away. And one of those skills in this particular example is recognizing that someone across the table from you, employee, investor, client, desires something different than what you want. And if you can sit there for long enough and listen well enough to figure out what it is they want, you have become capable as an entrepreneur. Most of the world operates on what do I get? And the fundamental rule of entrepreneurship, in my opinion, this is really, really important, is to shut up and listen to what does the other person need? What are they struggling with? Where are they lost? And where do they need help? And if you can solve their problem, you have a chance to build a business. If you can't discover what their problem is, you can't be an entrepreneur. Yeah, there's really, there's really no, um, there's really no worthwhile or big businesses that don't solve a problem. Yep. And you know, back to that conversation we're having about Elon. And once again, like I, dude, I, this is probably the first time I've ever said Elon Musk. On the <laughs> I'm almost like, you like an Elon. I'm really man. not like a fanboy in that guy. I do like my Tesla though. But, but you talk about but solving a problem and what's that the value of that problem, the, the bigger that is and the better, faster and cheaper you are at solving it, the faster your business is going to scale. Like it, dude, so at full scale, the, I, I, that started because the reason I was even in the Philippines was, you know, what is now almost 15 years ago, I couldn't find the kind of programmer I needed in the United States. And I had an idea that I knew was going to make a ton of money and it did. But I had to find a PHP developer, and 15 years ago, they just weren't in the United States. So I had to. I had to. You talk about with it, when it comes to will set. If you're sitting around and and it, you know you, we where there's a will, there's a way. Okay, how bad do you want it? That's that's just the the very first question you got to ask yourself. And the idea that I was going to have to go find someone in either India or the Philippines 
And those are where my research led me. I didn't know anybody in, in, the, in, in India. So my family had had a Filipino family that had a cleaning business that had provided service for my family for 20 years. Wow. So I called the guy up. His name's Del Rivera. Thanks, Del. For his, I even saw him recently and thanked him again. And I, I called him up and I was like, Del, it's Matt DeCourcy. And uh, he's like, hey, Matt, what's up? I said, I need to hire some, some computer programmers. And he goes, Matt, you know I clean houses, right? And I said, well, yeah, but I know you're from the Philippines too. And, and he, I said, what do I need to do? Do I need to go to Manila or whatever? He goes, no, man, you need to go to Cebu. And I was like, never heard of it. Like, Aaron, have you ever heard of Cebu? Not, not once. Okay, it's the second biggest <laughs> city in the Philippines, and it's the oldest city in the Philippines. But, wow. But everyone's heard of Manila. No one's ever heard of Cebu. But this guy literally... A house, a, a house, the guy that runs a cleaning service that, you know, he says, no, you're not Manila. Everyone thinks about Manila. You need to go to Cebu. It's like the Silicon Valley of the Philippines. No Dude, shit. 100% spot on. I ended up here's I put an ad in the newspaper. That's where we were at in life. And I got a whole bunch of applicants and the guy I ended up hiring solved the problem that we had been stuck on for two months and unable to solve. And he solved it during his job interview. Wow. So, you know, so that led to that, that led to a lot of different things. Now, you know, the business now full scale, I realized, oh shit, I've got this problem. So, so many other people do as well. And everyone's trying to hire more people. There's dude, there's 300,000 open programming jobs in the U S that's how short we are here on developers. So you talk about this problem that needs to be solved on a large scale and we got really good at solving it. Now, what does that require? We only hire one and we only give a job offer to one in 30 applicants. So that, that's also the numbers of where we found that we need to be to provide a premium service and make things awesome. But that said, in four years, we got 300, four years later, we got 300, almost 300 employees. So you talk about like getting, you know, people with will set, skill set, and mindset, people are like, okay, I, I want to make more money. You got to quit. Money isn't what you need to focus on. You need to get good at something. Yeah. Anybody really that anybody that that is doing well financially that didn't inherit it is likely really good at something. Yeah. What is that, dude? I, I think that's a really important focal point of of all of these things in conversation. Money is an outcome, and when you transition from employee to again, employer, entrepreneur, one of the toughest lessons is that money only happens after a series of events. <clears throat> could be conversations, could be actions. There's like this, this old axiom that you live by as an employee where you're like, no, 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 I just get paid every two weeks. If I have a good week, I get paid. If I have a shit week, I get paid. If I'm sick for three days. I get paid. If I'm away for vacation, I get paid. And as an entrepreneur, man, if you do not produce, you're out. And there's a different transaction sense. When, when I think of what I'm doing with entrepreneurs that I'm coaching or what we're doing in Money Club, both of those require a tremendous input before we get the output. The output is money, but the equation that we have to input is time, energy, expertise, focus, charisma, problem solving, emotion, listening, all of these constructs that get you the money. And very few people understand that when they go in to sell something, especially early on, most individuals, most companies will not pay you until the work is done. 
And that means, you know, later you can negotiate 50% down, et cetera. You can work all those, those magic money tricks. But initially, you're going to have to do something with a lot of risk on your plate. You're going to have to do the work for free. You're going to have to put in the time. And if it goes to shit, you've got to eat it and swallow it. And, you know, that's a, that's a willingness, right? That's risk. If you're not willing to take a risk, first of all, this ain't the right business for you and right, right world for you to play in. And recognizing that the risk is part of the, the larger process, like you'll build the skills by failing, you'll hone the weaponry as you go, but you'll miss a lot of shots requires you to say, Hey, look, I, I will do this work. I, I'm sorry. I disappointed you. You don't have to pay me. And when you understand that process, the money flow in entrepreneurship, the entire rest of your world starts to change. You start looking at the way you hire cleaners different, the way you pay for groceries different. Everything shifts because you you now understand the game. And it's, dude, this is just a big game. It's a fun game. You get to evolve, grow, change, adapt, and, and learn. It's, it's all just a big game. Well, I think that's the key that that money is this is just a it's just a little it's a scoring system. Yeah, and you know a lot of people. So I'm going back to my book, Balance Me, and talking about like the the personal side of it. So the number one cause of of strife in marriage is finances. Uh, it's the number one source of anxiety with people. Now, I, you know, I want to point out if you, if you adopt an entrepreneur mindset, so dude, I'm 47. So when I was younger and broker, I didn't have Uber. I couldn't be a DoorDash driver. I didn't have this like instant entrepreneurship in my phone. I mean, mm-hmm. shit, I remember getting my first cell phone and I was at, like, I was, I was already 21 at that point, if not older. And, you know, I look at like the ability to, to fix some of this and you, but you got to spend some time doing it. And, you know, my, my whole phrase that goes with balance me is that success demands payment in advance. And it's kind of like you said, you got to do the work and then you get paid. I mean, that's the way it works at a job. Like if you, if you, if you hired a new employee to run your marketing department, that the expectation isn't that, well, you might give them a signing bonus. Sure. That could be a possibility, but you're not like, yeah, I'm going to pay you ahead. <laughs> yeah. And Here's then in two weeks, salary. when your first check is due, I'm actually going to be paying you ahead again. <laughs> right. That's not the way it works. So, you know, so why, why would the other things in life or whatever do it? Now, I think one of the things that, that is a challenge in the modern, just meaning like now, uh, kind of mindset is, you know, we've got this Amazon one click stories, reels, uh, you know, kind of mentality when it comes to stuff and expertise is, is not developed instantly. And I look back, I, you know, as I've gotten closer to 50, I look back at a lot of where I was at, like when I was 25 and, you know, I was 25, I thought I was shit, dude, I was ready to be the CEO of the world in my head. I had no education. I had no experience. I had no money. I really had nothing. I just knew that I was ready to run shit. I was so far away from being able to, you know, and, and so some of that, um, you know, you just say you got to get to work. And then I think that the, the best way to improve your mindset is to study and adopt or like just kind of just absorb the mindset of the people that you want to be like, you know, yeah. like I, here's the thing, people, none of this success is not a secret. It's nope. really not. And it's and it's just about you just got to you got to start by trying. You know, like, and that's the thing is, is, is so many people are like, 
you know, we refer to this as a sense of entitlement. Well, I'm entitled to this. You mentioned two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year job. Why? Why are you better than someone else? Because it's a competition. It is. And and that's the thing. So you're at, at a minimum. I think the world, like in general, you're 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 a, an entrepreneur in, on some levels by just going out and earning at a job. Mm-hmm. You are the pro. You are your own product. You're the product. So have a better product and make yourself more valuable. And the way to do that is well, back to the problem solving. I think that there's a lot of attributes that kind of go with this. And you know, there's some intangibles. Like I've, I mentioned, the caring thing. You can't teach people to care. They do or they don't. Um, you know, so that, but, but that's also, that's also, uh, I think a valuable, a valuable thing in the personal product. Now you mentioned the caring thing and talking, saying, saying to a client, like, I mean, sometimes you fuck it up, you know, and, and I you got to do the have. right thing too. Cause the client that you said, you know what, I'm sorry, I disappoint you. I'm I'm giving you a refund. Now, look, there's a possibility you're going to give that money back and they're going to say, see you around. Okay. I bet you don't make that same mistake with the next person. Mm -hmm. So you got to kind of eat it in some regards. And I I feel that, that, uh, I mean, so the, you know, there's this, uh, saying and productivity and it's about your like procrastination. It's called eat your frog. Have you ever heard that? I have. Yeah. So, so the idea is that is oftentimes we know what we need to do and we just continue to not do it. So the question is, is if every morning when you woke up, if the first thing you had to do was eat a real live frog, would sitting there and looking at it help? Right. And the answer is no, because that thing's just going to get uglier and wartier and just grosser. Right. So, you know, if you know that, you know, like I, I go back to this kind of entrepreneur mindset, if you know that money's your problem, there's a bunch of ways to get after fixing it, get to work, yep. get to work. And if, you know, and, and the main thing is, is like, you also, if you want to be an entrepreneur, there's always risk that comes with it. There's always risk. I mean, I look at like the pandemic, like we were two years into full scale. We had millions of dollars of our own money into it. And it was finally going to become profitable. And here comes good old Murphy with his laws and, 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 humbled <laughs> us, and humbled us. You thought you were done writing checks to this thing, guy. Yeah. You're yeah. not. But that said, you know, we, we did the work and stayed the course and did a lot of other stuff and, you know, and it, and it comes back later. Uh, there's nothing about entrepreneurship that's going to be easy. Uh, you know, Mark, Mark Wahlberg has like a little mini series about his clothing brand municipal. It's on HBO and in there he's, he's, someone says something about an easy business and he's like, there are no easy, but where are the easy businesses? Let me sign up for those. Like, where are those at? There is no easy business. Is there an easy business? Not that I'm aware of, man. If there is, it doesn't pay well. No. And dude, this is such an interesting conversation. So this week uh, in Florida today, we're like hours away from a massive hurricane hitting, right? Yeah. So I've got a property down there with two partners that I bought with all the excess from entrepreneurship, from my ventures and my coaching, all of those businesses. I had capital and invested that into an asset down there. So the asset we bought last year, we are, we were supposed to close on the sale of the asset 10 days ago. The lender for the buyer got pushed back. This is all real estate jargon, but anyway, closing got pushed back to today. There's another issue that's going to push it back to Monday. 
And we had a guest that was supposed to come uh, this week in the middle of this hurricane. And we have two options. Do we hold a rigid policy, have the guests come down in the middle of a hurricane and deal with whatever happens? Or do we lose the, the revenue? Because if we move them or, or unbook them, we're, no one's going to book it in the middle of a hurricane anyway. So we're like, all right, let's just take the five, $6,000 loss. It's a, it's a luxury property. So every booking is, is really, really sizable. And we're in this position to where we can do that. We can afford to do that. The property has been very successful, but it always comes back to principles in some way too. And I think that, that there's often this concept that entrepreneurship is simply about money and revenue and, and what we are earning. And there's also this degree of value and ethics and morals and principles that, that aligns really far into this. And when, when there's hiccups like hurricanes or pandemics, we ultimately get to choose the, the story that we live by, the perspective that we live by. And that, that piece is all back to our mindset dialogue and our, and our triangle. The, the choice of do you do the right thing or the wrong thing is not a money equation, in my opinion. It's never a money equation. You, we just do the right thing. If it costs more money and capital to put into the business to pay for the employees so that they have a place to sleep and eat, that's the choice we make. And again, that's another set of responsibilities that seven years ago when I quit my job, eight years ago, I, I would not have been like, I'm ready for this. I was not ready. For, my skills were not there. But now I'm like, okay, look, shit hit the fan. Do I pay for my employees to make sure that they have a place to eat or do I pay myself? And if I'm in a good enough position, it's always take care of your team, take care of your team. That's a different, it's just a different mindset. Yeah, I got a response to that in just a second. Once again, with me today, we've got Aaron Velke, the co-founder and CEO of Money Club. You can go to aaronvelke.com to learn more about where to get his books and what he's up to. There's a link for that in the show notes. Uh, before I reply to, and we're coming to a, a thrilling conclusion of yet another episode of Startup Hustle, I want to remind you, if you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, full scale can help. We have the people on the platform to help you build a team of experts and manage that team of experts. When you visit fullscale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions and let our platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders. At Fullscale, we specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more at fullscale.io. You mentioned the, the, the right thing. So in December of 2021, a super typhoon uh, basically bullseyed Cebu City. No, which is where most of our employees are. And with that, it was pretty devastating. You talk about the right thing. Like we immediately sent six figures of cash over. And part of that was, um, you know, like transforming our office into a place of refuge and like all yep. kinds of things. And like, um, and you know, I, I and I, I look back at that now and like that I was, I'm, I'm proud and happy that the, that the instinctual response was boom, not like, I mean, it wasn't even like it was, it was instant. And then some of it too was a level of thoughtfulness. Like for example, when that occurs, there's no electricity in those places, which means you can't go to an ATM, which means you can't use a car. So we, we found a way to distribute cash and, you know, stuff like that. So the right thing is, is the right thing, but there's also different degrees of it and increasing the thoughtfulness and stuff like that. Um, you know, you look back at, at, you know, at our company, our people are our biggest asset and, and people rarely quit our company. And I think that every you know, company, 
that, that's well, yeah, because we, because we care about our employees, and yep. and that's back to that thing that that's you know these aren't cogs in a machine; they're not gears, they're not whatever, and you know they're I mean they're people, and people have issues and stuff like that, and you know I mean for you know with that um, you also talk about the right thing. Most of our clients stepped up and sent donations through us as well too. And, uh, you know, looking back, uh, I finally got to go back the summer. Um, I've been there twice this year, but I hadn't been there in two years because of the pandemic and seeing people just the reaction of, of what a difference that made, um, especially in a time of need when you're stressed. And it was like, everything we set up was like, do, you know, go take care of your shit with the business. We'll be here when you're ready, you <laughs> right. know, not like hurry the fuck up and get back to work. That's not the right way to do it. <laughs> right. So, you know, I mean, and, and if you look at the, like the risk with that, not only do we send a bunch of money over, we could have lost a hell of a lot of revenue, which that's two different directions. And that, that, if you go that way, that that's, a, uh, it could be a pretty wide loss, but that said, I mean, th these are matters. There's things that are more important than your business. And that's, you know, a lot of, you know, stuff like this. We also, in that process, we ended up having to relocate about a half a dozen families. Wow. And so, and we paid for all that. We coordinated all that. We put all of our resources towards that. And, uh, you know, that was, that was, you know, looking back at it, you talk about the right thing and these are the things, do the right thing, people. That's the whole point. Do it with your clients, with your employees, with your family. Sometimes the right thing is not doing anything as well. And sometimes the right thing is firing a client, you know, yep. just get the, the whole mentality that the customer is always right. It's not true. Um, it's, it's not. So part of your sanity and your mindset uh, and your su future success can be threatened by that. So like for us, our, our employees, basically join teams of technology companies and work with them full time. If we find out that they're treating our people like shit, we'll fire the client. Dunzo. I mean, this is a lot of money too. I mean, our average clients paying 20 grand a month and ongoing money. So, you know, you look at that and it, you know, it takes, but that's, that's a no brainer for us. Well, dude, we, we are at the end of our time here. And once again, I want to encourage everyone to click the link in the show notes and learn more about what Aaron's doing. You know, I, I, as I mentioned, I have uh, been experimenting with different, uh, a variety of different coaches and mentors and stuff like that. Uh, I want to suggest that everybody do the same. It is, uh, it's refreshing, you know, and you're going to find that a lot of times, like when I've been talking to my mindfulness coach, it's like, um, I'm like, I'm saying things that I already know that I just need to, like, she'll make me say it. Because yep. it, it, the me saying it is like <laughs> a different level of reality than someone else telling you, because you kind of deflect a lot of this stuff. So, so reach out, people. Be the best you, and uh, you know, if you want to be an entrepreneur, and just know it's not going to be easy. I'll catch up with you down the road, Aaron. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I appreciate you having me. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.